just slowly ease in some background music. We call this production value, John. In, it's so good. In the industry. I mean, I, I know I know I fought you on it, but getting a string quartet in here was a good idea, Nathan. Yeah, man. You guys okay? About, you guys good? Okay. They can't talk while they're playing. Yeah, and, well, they should be able to. Yeah. Well, this is the life, you know? Like, it's two guys in a studio with a string quartet. Yeah, it's a... Uh, Kicking back a few five, tropical drinks. Five guys, two girls. Yeah. Is my math on that right? <laughs> um, I don't know what quartets are. I think it works out. Yeah. Hey, what you got there? It's kind of sexist to assume that like a quartet would be two guys and two girls or something like that. Yeah. Well, I feel like most violinists tend to be ladies. Is that wrong? I think that's a bit sexist. That's a bit sexist. But I mean, I look before my eyes and that's what I see. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I don't want to assume, I don't want to assume genders. Maybe we'll just call them theys. Yeah. Well, speaking about living fancy, John. Yes. Speaking about living the fancy life. Mm-hmm. Um, we just came from a very interesting event. Oh my God! <laughs> no, just lean into it. Yeah, it was so dramatic. <laughs> Guys, what the fuck is this? <laughs> they became an orchestra. Jesus. Oh yeah, our string quartet became an orchestra. Yes. That was not shuffle. Um, Alright, just turn your fucking speakers on. Okay. <laughs> this is weird. Okay, so full disclosure, guys, uh, we are currently. If if this sounds different from our usual studio, um, it's because it is podcasting. Is yeah, because it is. We are currently in my car, um, thus the ability to turn up the background music. Yeah. Thank you very much, Symphony ninety two point four. Not a sponsor. Not a plug. Um, but yeah, we like John and I literally just came back from. Uh, the Formula One race. Yes, we went for we went for a um, Formula One event, courtesy of Singapore Tourism Board. And not a plug. Not a plug again. Well, I mean, not, so, not a paid plug. Sort yeah, but a plug. Sort of a plug. Thanks, guys. I like Singapore. I like tourism. Yeah, um, but I, I did some work for them last year and early this year, and um, yeah, they, they they sent over some invites because yeah. STB is one of the key organizers for F one, obviously, um, and. They hook it up. They gave us a VIP pass. We got a lanyard. Yeah, we kind of got in. Like, I've never experienced F1 like how we just experienced it, basically. Like, I'm still... I've never experienced F1. I'm still reeling. I'm still, like, like legitimately reeling from the experience we just had because that was kind like, of unreal. Like, I could get used to that life, man, is what I'm saying. Because <laughs> it's like, okay, you you know, Singapore F1 night race, all that stuff. You go and go to the stands. But we had a little bit... We had a suite. Yeah, we actually went to something called the Singapore Suite. Yeah, and it was like, sweet. Okay, I okay. What I expected was like maybe a room with some waiters of champagne and like little cocktail thingies, like little like shrimp, like a canopy things, canopies, canopy. yeah. A crab and then, cake. Like, exactly, and then that like, we stand around in this room with uh, maybe like fifty other people standing you schmooze, around. Schmooze, yeah, and then we can see the race from a nice vantage point. Room, room, every yeah. once in a while, you know. I thought that was gonna be the extent of it, but we walk into this place. And it looks like the lobby of like a ho- like a fancy hotel. A fancy hotel. They've got a full dining area. They've got a rooftop bar. Yeah, the only difference is that instead of like an attentive bellhop from the Philippines or like a whatever counter person, they have like five fifteen year old interns. Yeah, who and still like, did a good job. Yeah, but they were like, oh. I'm like your children. And Thank they you have for like, and they us. have like a proper buffet. Buffet, full on buffet. And like some of the. Like honestly, like one of the best steaks I've had in recent memory. Grade five wagyu. 
I, I, son. A part of me died a little bit tonight, knowing that I'm not gonna eat anything that good all month. Probably. But you know, it was, it was. You could tell it was like hardcore beef because they were like every time. It's a buffet, right? But there's yeah. a carving station for the steak, uh-huh. and every time you go there, they give you two bites. Right. Like it's you get as you can go as many times as you want, right. but every time you go up there, here's two pieces of super expensive steak. Why is that more legit? Because it's expensive ass steak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's oh, right, right, right. They don't give you wagyu. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, not yeah. like Australian wagyu. Right, it's right, like right, right, right. Melt in your mouth. It's, it's not like, like a Sunday roast where they give you like mm-hmm. a whole fucking chunk mm-hmm. of. Got it. They're like, no matter how fancy you are, you get your two pieces of wagyu and then yeah. you go back to the line and come back. Yeah. But, and like this, you won't appreciate as much. But they had all you could drink Glenfiddich. <laughs> and not just Glenfiddich, 21 year old Glenfiddich. That's yeah. expensive, dude. Yeah. Like, they had sh- free flow champagne. <laughs> like, they had, like, it, it was the life, man. They had big screens all around. It was crazy. You know what it was like, what? Nathan? Just to tie into last week's episode, it was just like being a crazy rich Asian. We, and weirdly we enough. We had the crazy rich Asian experience, guys. Full on crazy rich experience. Because. Yeah, weirdly enough, like 15 minutes into it, we actually bump into. Miss Janice Co. One like, of the crazy rich Asians. I turned around. Like, I turned around. Like, I, it was a really surreal moment because I, for a second, I turned around and like I turned away from the buffet and I was watching the race and I'm like, look at them cars. And there's like, it's a crazy view. Yeah. Because we were like right in front of the finish line. It was line, crazy. It was crazy. And in this corner turn where you see all the cars. Yep. But so I was admiring the race for a second. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. I'm sitting there, champagne in one hand, whiskey in the other, steak in front of me, and I'm like, this is awesome. I feel like a crazy rich Asian. I turn around and I see Nathan talking to Janice. I'm like, what, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck just happened? We're in a movie. Dude, it's real, man. Everything's a simulation. <laughs> and then we went, we saw some music, we saw some, you know, the whole 550 yards, whatever. We saw a bunch of people wearing shirts. I think it's whole nine. The whole nine yards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lewis Hamilton won. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, okay, um, I, I must preface all of this by saying that John and I have oh, like zero, zero knowledge. We know nothing about F1. Nothing. We were like, which one's Hamilton's like, car? I know <laughs> F is a letter and 1 is a number. That's like all I got. Which number is what car? Oh, there's a pink car. Look. Oh, look. There's a I'm red like, car. There's a Red Bull. There's another <laughs> Red Bull. And like, and this is this, I swear to God, Nathan was like, there's a Harry Potter car out there. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, Patronus. Yeah. I was like, yeah. That's Hamilton's car. Yeah. That's Hamilton's car. It's expecto Lewis Hamilton. Exactly. And my thing was that any time I heard anyone say Lewis Hamilton, I was like, they were like, Lewis Hamilton. I was like, in my head, I was like, Louis Lafayette. What's your name, man? (laughs) They get the job done. Oh, my gosh. But that's not what we're talking about tonight. I mean, we could talk about the experience for a while. And it was a wonderful experience. And thank you, STB. Thank you very much, STB. Congratulations, Lewis Hamilton, for winning the Singapore leg of the race. both listening to us. Yeah. Good job. Um, but yeah, that's not kind of, that's that's kind of like the context of how we're starting that's, that's this we episode I right mean, now. We always like to let you know what we've been up to, right? Just to get yes. a little catch up, because that's how we do when we hang out. But the true meat of this episode, the true A5 Wagyu of this podcast roast, um, are your questions. Oh, I've been looking forward to this all yeah, freaking day. You know, because we just got the ball rolling. We figured uh, now that the ball is, you know, slightly lower down the hill we can progress to engaging you guys once again because yeah. we really do truly miss you guys. I mean... We miss the silly shit you throw at us when we open the floodgates. That was always my favorite part. Like, yeah. taking your guys' question is always my favorite part. And the few times we got a full uh, question episode is my favorite. So that's what we're doing today, Nathan. We're do, doing do, do, all do. the questions that we got via the Instagrams. Thank you for sending your questions. Yes. Uh, one quick disclaimer, though. Overwhelmingly, the most common question asked was, "Can our, what are our thoughts on the legalization 
of gay marriage in Singapore. It's a real hot no, 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 topic. No, 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 not so much legalization of gay marriage. The repeal, excuse me, of yeah. nine three seven seven nine eight six seven five three zero oh, nine two four six zero oh, one. No, that's my phone number. Two, one oh, <laughs> that's my phone number. Um, but yeah. someone's gonna try to call it now. Yeah. But um, uh, three seven seven eight. The there's currently um. Well, because of India. Yeah. India recently repealed their gay their their um. I don't even know how to phrase it. Their gay rules. <laughs> they got rid of their gay rules. <laughs> and now Singapore's left with gay rules. But i uh, tell you what, guys, overwhelmingly, and uh, you know us, you know we're super interested and we want to talk about that. Yes. And it's something that concerns us. But I think we're going to try to find a way to get a little bit more in-depth on that. And get people that are actually qualified. Yes. Because as much as we want to uh, empathize and be allies. We're straight. And be comp- we're fucking straight, we're man. We're straight. We're so straight. We just drank whiskey and ate steak all night, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watching cars, bro. Vroom, 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 vroom. <laughs> why, why? Special effects. Special effects. No, but um, seriously, though, it's it's a topic that uh, is interesting and is, is important. And I think and we deserves have a, a yeah. deep dive. I think our perspective is just too limited on this. Yeah, and you know I, us. Yeah. You, you guys know us. We're, we're fucking for it. We're for the repeal of it, mm-hmm. in a nutshell. But let's talk about that more. At another time. But yes. in the meantime, we have awesome questions for you guys. So shall we just jump into it, Nathan? Let's jump into it. Let's hey. keep everyone anonymous. Should we play the song? Shoot. What song? I forgot. We read your shit. Oh, we read your shit. I, f- I forgot all the themes. And yes, music time. Let's go. Listen to us talk all day. You've got things you want to say. All you do is ask. Because we read your shit. You want to keep it anonymous? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, let's keep it anonymous. Just in case we get anything personal, you know? Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, let's just say that you know who you are, and thank you for sending in your questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start off with... Tell me whether it's a girl or a guy, and, and, and we'll make up a name. I don't know, man. I don't assume. I don't All assume right. genders. Okay. I'm, I'm against 377A. Okay, okay, Fuck. okay. Just judge by the usernames. <laughs> That's not very easy. <laughs> All it's right. like Darkwing X23 Heart. <laughs> All right, Nathan, do you want to start with a serious question or a silly question? Let's start off with something silly. Okay. Are you from Milo Peng? What? Are you from Milo Peng? That's the entire question? Are you from Milo Peng? Cool. <laughs> hey, to be fair, I was cultivating the questions. Nathan said, let's get some silly ones. So, <laughs> are you... Okay, so, like, there's been a lot of discussion about my involvement with Milo. Yes, I still have an ongoing relationship with them. Um, I like that you're really answering this question. Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 I think people... I'm like, no, I'm from Teo Ice. <laughs> I think people are, are very curious about this, but... but um, contrary to popular belief, them engaging Joseph Schooling as a partner does not mean that they've broken up with me. Don't be me. fucking jealous, bro. <laughs> Just swim faster. <laughs> uh, yeah, Nathan's like, if, you're, if your question is, is Nathan the guy from Milo, then yes, he is. Yep. I don't know if you're listening to this. Still am. But uh, I'm from the Philippines. Uh, let's get a little bit, uh, let me get rid of this question. Let me give it a little signal signal. And how about this? Uh, this one's a good one. These are kind of related. Let me ask these back to back. Yes. Uh, how do you find time to rest? So many competing needs for time. It's so tough. And also, how do you manage to time uh, to manage your time and complete your task before deadlines? Mm. Parenthetical help. Mm. Okay. So I honestly, I don't, I honestly don't know if I'm the best person to ask. Oh, he's awful. Yeah, yeah like he's really bad. Sometimes my time management is not fantastic. Like so's mine. Um, I think okay. I know for a fact my time management isn't fantastic, but I also know that I get a decent amount of shit done. Yeah. So it's he like... definitely doesn't get rest though. <laughs> so. So it's like it's a weird trade-off because like I know for a fact that I am not 
qualified to give advice on like how to parse your time out correctly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I'm very much a let's leave things to a fairly last minute because I know I work well under pressure. I'm not encouraging that. I'm not encouraging that at all because I don't think everyone can function like that. It's a very specific way of functioning and I don't think it's the best way to function. Like, if it's like... I think maybe I can, I can very guiltily say three out of five things that I do, three, three of them will like be done quite rushed right and then two of them would be done with a bit more like long form thought into it and like planning and yeah the other three are just kind of like oh wait 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 oh shit it's due in two days and then like do all the work and then be lost in this haze of inspiration and like forcing yourself to get something done so that's my methodology i'm sorry if i can't really help you with like proper time management i think but really yeah yeah I mean, there's ways, there's strategies you pick up along the way in mm-hmm. life. But let me see, because I'm a serial procrastinator. Yes. And I shared this a couple episodes back. A couple episodes back being like three years ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a blog post I read, and I'll repost it again in the show notes to so have a look. From a place called uh, Wait But Why, which explained the root of procrastination and strategies to defeat it. Mm-hmm. I talked about this before. I don't remember what episode, sorry, but maybe someone will know and can comment. But um, basically, you procrastinate because doing things that are important don't feel good. You like to do things that feel good. You like to play that video game. You like to order that McDonald's, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually, you got to get the things done. Yeah. So, when the, like with Nathan, so when the deadline's like tomorrow, you just fucking, you got to do it, right? Yeah. The smart thing to do is to break it up. Yeah. You have to keep, make a schedule and keep to it. Yeah. So you take that little fear that you feel when the whole thing is due and you parse it out and you be disciplined to be like, okay, I told myself three weeks before the project is due, I'm going to have X amount of pages done, for example. Mm-hmm. And you stick to it. You have to be disciplined. Yeah. And by, by the you make it a habit and it works out. There's other things I like to do. There's like little strategies you pick up. If something takes five minutes to do, just do it. Yeah. You know, don't put it off. Mm-hmm. Another thing is like, have you ever heard of lazy cleaning? Where, no. This is my favorite thing. Like, I'm notoriously bad at having a messy room, but I've gotten pretty good at it in recent years. And one of the strategies I picked up is lazy cleaning. So, your task is to clean your room, right? Or to maintain a clean room. Every once in a while, you take one minute to, to clean. You clean up one shelf. You right. clean one corner of your room. And then right. you call it, you say, good, you pat yourself on your back and you call it a day. Before you know it, you get in a habit of like keeping that cleanliness going. And mm-hmm. before you know it, you'll have a clean room. So there's strategies out there. Just look it up. Right. There's a lot of stuff on the internet, man. TED Talks. I'm sure there are <laughs> TED Talks on this stuff that will be very helpful. Yeah. TED Talks are the shit. I think a lot of it is also like figuring out what your own pace is. Because I think mm. like we can definitely aspire to fit someone else's methodology and someone else's work pace but i think everything is so intricately personal right with these things like how like how you get work done the amount of thought that you put into it i'm also thinking from a very creative standpoint sure that i think that like at least in the creative industry there's so many different ways to do it and it's more so like giving yourself the time and space to figure out like how to do it but i'm guessing with this case you're speaking from a more school perspective where like you're trying to meet assignments and deadlines and I think finding the discipline for these things can apply across like many, many facets and not just work. Say, for example, the closest analogy I can think of is like working out. I'm sure all uh-huh. of us have like had periods or phases in our lives where we were living a bit healthier than we are right now, you know, be it like being on a, on a bit of a workout binge mm-hmm. or like eating healthier. Like I, I switched the consonants on that one. Um, <laughs> like... Starting is always difficult, but somewhere in the middle, 
you're just like on fire, and like you and like if anything, you almost enjoy it. You just get in the habit of it, right? Yeah, it's like, like it's like an analogy, like you know, F one man. <laughs> first gears are tough. First gear, you gotta power through it. But once you get to fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth gear, I think those cars up to like ninth gears. You're just going. You're smooth. So you just gotta get started. And once you get started, I don't know if that is true. Yeah. I feel like I feel like first gear is not that tough. Ninth gear is fucking terrifying. <laughs> Did they even have a ninth gear? Yeah, I think it goes up to like eight gears at the very least. No, but like <laughs> first gear, like in an actual there is, gear. There's like one car not listening to this right now losing his. No, no man, I'm accurate with what I'm saying. Like, just imagine a bike. You know, like you have to start in lower gears to pedal because it like it more torque. I just don't know how many gears there are. A billion. Infinity uh, gears. What's the saying? Like, let's kick it up to fifth gear. Fifth. Oh, there's only four. Then let's go up a gear. Let's go up to the sixth gear. In a standard car, the seventh, five. Ge- the eighth gear, the ninth. I'm trying to figure out what the saying is, so we can go back one and figure out what the actual number is. I mean, in a standard car, I know things about cars, man. <laughs> <laughs> but like F1 cars are different. Okay, but that's okay. that's the answer your question. And to rest, I. Uh, you have to re- realize that rest is not like a reward. Re- rest is like necessary. Yeah. And diminishing returns. Like eventually you'll be like typing shit and you're like, I don't want to fucking, I need to go to sleep. Yeah. Sometimes the rest will feed into the work. And like, cause okay, especially like when we're young, we just feel like, oh, like, you know, food is food. Like I eat it to enjoy it. I don't necessarily need it. Sleep is whatever. You know, I sleep X hours of, uh, in a night. Um, and, and like, you're just invincible anyway. Yeah. But I feel like we tend to underestimate the power of how those things really fuel and help us get through the day more productively, a bit more actively. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's all these physical aspects um, of how you treat yourself. Resting, not just in the sense of like resting your body and sleeping and like, you know, sitting on the couch watching YouTube or whatever, but also like treating your body well, making sure that you are... Um, eating well not eating too much like weird stuff that's gonna make you feel like you know like really bogged down and very um what do you call it sloppy yeah you know i think like if, if say like your diet consisted purely of like fast food i would imagine you would just feel very tired and like yeah no fuel mm, all quality the time fuel yeah you no quality good fuel. rest good food yeah like, like it's amazing the things that i can sometimes see myself get done when i'm eating well and exercising well. And then, like, for some reason, even though, like, on paper it doesn't make sense. Like, oh, I'm, I'm exercising. You're spending time doing And I'm this. spending time cooking proper meals. So why am I it's getting more things done? Quantity of time. It's quality of time. Exactly. Quality of effort. Yeah. Like, it's crazy the amount of things you, get done in, you can get done in an hour when your body is working at its optimum capacity. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I looked through the questions. Nothing here too personal, so I want to give shout-outs. That was, that was from... Those were questions from Min and... Ding, 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 ding. Thank you for that. And before that, the question from Are you from Milo Pang is from Clorox Bleach. Thanks, Clorox Bleach. Cool. You are poison. Drink it. All right. Coming from BB, our good friend Barry Bryant. In the social media world, what kind of people irritate you the most? Ooh. Um, Types I, of people, names of people. You go first. <laughs> a specific username. <laughs> <laughs> go to their, go to their uh, uh, profiles in the description. Yeah, spam them. Spam um, them. Brigade them. Um, one of the, okay, I know like just off the th- like one of the things that really annoy me is when I see people that like um filter their face like crazy, mm. like you know those like May Pai May Two filters. Like those, those eyes aren't that big, right? Like it's more so like when Giant it goes eyes. into like it goes into the the the, the uncanny valley realm of like yeah, you look like a doll right now. 
Yeah. Like, it's just not right. Especially when you know what that person looks like in person. Mm-hmm. I guess because, like... Okay, majority of the people that I see use it tend to be, like, these social media... Um, like, whatevers. Um, and... I'm guessing not that many people see them in person, maybe? So, yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. In those pictures, they look fine. I don't but, know. But, like, it's always with people that I know when I see, like, all, 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 like when, when they use, like, Maypie or Maytoo or whatever. And then, like, their eyes get bigger, their chins get sharper, their skin gets really white. And, like, I'm okay with using, like, maybe, like, 20 to 40%, that kind of capacity. But when they turn it up to, like, 70 plus, I think that's just kind of, like... It's a bit much. Yeah. See, my thing is that... It just, I mean... It just creeps me out. I know it's very selfish of me to say, but it's a selfish question, so I'm going to say. It <laughs> creeps me out. But on the other hand, do whatever you want to do. If you think it's beautiful, live your life and be it's, beautiful. It's your life, bro. Like, just for, know that it bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> like, for those of you that follow me, uh, why would you? Because I don't do anything. I, I'm not a big fan of social media in general. Yeah. Like, I, I wish I could. I bet I, my careers would probably be better for it. But I'm just like... It take. I mean, we talk about time. I feel like a lot of people take so much time cultivating their... Anyway, that's besides the point. I don't like a lot of things on social media. Yeah. The thing that I'm kind of, like, bugged with... Um, okay, so just an example of why I'm really bummed out with social media these days is just, like, the... What's it called? Cognitive dissonance. Nathan, what does that mean? I don't know. I looked it up before, <laughs> and it's helpful. But I'm like, going to guess cognitive dissonance is the... Difference between what you expect and what is reality. Let's see here. Uh, cognitive, not, not that's not too far. The state cognitive dissonance is the state of having inconsistent thoughts, beliefs, or attitudes, especially as relating to behavioral decisions and attitude change. Okay, that's kind of. But my point being is that read that a bit clearly. Okay, the state of having inconsistent thoughts, beliefs, or attitudes. Okay, that's just really clear. And like my point is that I feel like that's social media in a nutshell. When you're scrolling through someone's feed. Like, people will share so many things that, like, it just, like, what, are, are you, per- okay, so, like, this is kind of weird, but, like, for example, some person was, like, oh, pl- pr- I'm praying for my friend in, um, ICU right now, mm-hmm. and then immediately, five minutes after that, here's a recipe for bread. Right. Like, it's, like, there's nothing inherently wrong, I right, guess, right, right. but it's just, my brain's just, like, it's a lot. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot to take and process. It Does that make sense? Does that make sense? It definitely desensitizes me a little bit to things that I know for a fact are significant. Mm. Because I see so... Okay, like, my Facebook feed consists of some, things like that. You know, it's either getting married, new kid, um, something unfortunate has happened, like an accident, mm-hmm. or like some kind of like, uh, uh, pray for this person, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Or it's just like meme videos. Right. You know? Like... And I tend to, like, share the meme videos. <laughs> Which is totally fine. <laughs> and, and, and ignore the rest. The realms, but it's just and like... ignore the rest. But yeah, I get what you mean, yeah. but like, it kind of desensitizes because, like, suddenly, like, you know, this person who I knew in JC who just got married to this girl who he's been with for four or five years and they've shared a beautiful life, suddenly that's just, like, I just scroll right past it. And, like, it's just not as... Why do you think you do that? Precious. I don't know. Like, I guess it's more contextually... Like, that event placed in, like, the context of all, like, you know, news stories and memes and funny uh, animal videos. Like, it just gets lost in that mess a little Because bit. you feel like it should be, you feel like social, your your experience of, ex- of going through social media should be, like, kind of low stakes. It should be memes and stuff. It shouldn't be, like, the most important, important time in someone's life. 
No, I just, I just think that old Facebook used to do that side of things better, mm. where like it was really significant events, or maybe again, maybe it's just because when I was younger, I paid more attention to Facebook. Sure. But like, I feel like with old Facebook, before it was a news website, before it was a thing to share funny videos, it was really just like a like a like a like a giant scrapbook mm-hmm. of all, all yeah. of what your friends are up to. Yeah. And I kind of miss that vibe to it. That's like before memes were even invented, almost. Yeah, like the, I think the Believe only memes in existence then were like um, "Forever Alone," yeah, and "Troll Face," yeah, and uh, uh, the the new face. Now everything's a meme. Now everything meme is everything. a meme. But yeah, it's like it's it's gotten to the point where it's like, like I said, it's like you, like I know people who are like, man, my proposal fucked up because my camera wasn't like, like what the yeah. like what the fuck. Yeah. My proposal, like, oh, I couldn't propose to my wife properly because my camera wasn't set up right. It, it was all ruined. I'm like, it's ruined because you cared about that side too much, bro. Yeah. But that's just me, you guys. Um, yeah. I love you guys. This is a kind of is podcasting a social media. I would say yeah, it's. Yeah. I would. Yeah, I would. We're, we're literally being social On by media. engaging our fans, and this is a form of media. So, yeah. so I love some parts of it. Anyway, moving on. Uh, this one's for probably more for you, Nathan. How to learn to sing at home without spending money? Ask Erica. Um, <clears throat> is it possible? Yeah, I think for so. sure, right? For sure, I think so. Like it, it's just it's definitely a little bit tougher because the human voice is a very complex instrument that is very different person to person, as opposed to like a piano or a guitar or a harmonica that you know depending. Yeah, and also you can tell right away if you're playing a piano piece, right? Right, more more or less. So uh, I'm thinking more along the lines of like as opposed to working with like a set instrument and learning it from someone that's using something that's not too different from 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 what you have in your hands mm-hmm. like say if you watch a youtube tutorial of a um guitar lesson you know you're both holding a guitar he's better but you're gonna learn by just imitating sure but it's very different with singing because every singer is different that's why vocal teachers are sometimes quite necessary because vocal teachers what they study more so than anything else is the human anatomy very specific to like you know the throatal and mouth and chest region um and the abdominal region but like um how would you i'm trying to think like okay a lot of what i did to improve my singing was really just practice with the teacher no 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 just at home without a teacher so so i'm saying like every all, all of this i did by myself in my room because that was majority of what I, I I did with my singing. But did you like okay? So there's a difference between like singing alone yeah. and practicing alone. Yeah. Like were you giving it real thought of like were you listening to yourself? No, like, I was actually like I would do learn a song. So okay. I would learn a song, and then um, I would uh, f- like if I stumble into a part that was difficult, I would just loop it. You would go over and over again. I would loop it, or I would try to like figure out like a technique. Um, uh, around it or figuring out how to like improve it or make it sound different or like how to rearrange it or whatever that's really cool yeah but like again most times I did that was because like say I had a gig and I had to do this song and then I would rearrange it and then I practiced that way but just on the side like um like your daily life thing definitely just like sing to yourself a bit more you'll be surprised how much you can like nuance your yeah. own voice if you really learn how to listen to yourself um and like even when you're doing like 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 very subtle humming on the bus like <laughs> 
Like you, like just doing those little whispery thingies that maybe like not that many people around you can hear, you are already exercising and like figuring out the muscle memory in yeah. your vocal cords or your yeah. throat at least. And then that way when you put projection and whatever behind it, it's a little bit more natural. Another thing you could do is when you're listening to music, try to make the effort of harmonizing together with your music a bit more. That's really so advanced. That really trains your ear a little bit better and makes... um, So when you say harmonizing, you think you listen to the melody and do like thirds or above or below? Yeah, something like that. So like any any song, like when you hear... uh, uh, Oh, baby, give me one more chance... Oh, baby, give me one more chance. Yeah, I could never do that. Oh, baby, give me one more chance. Like, things like that. Do you have perfect pitch? No, not perfect okay. pitch. But, like, I, I, feel like, I feel like those two things, like, just on a daily basis help me a lot. Like, singing to myself a lot, which might annoy your friends. Hopefully, they, they eventually forgive you for it. Hey, we don't like, friend. hey, bad friends. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, harmonizing to any music I hear, like, just, like, in my head. Or, like, just humming out the harmony. Because that, I think, trains your ear a little bit, makes you think more about the phrasing, makes you think about the bass line of the music, and that, like, all of that. Just yeah. thinking about music in general really helps with your singing. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Nathan's the singer of this pair. Obviously. But I got something to share just from paying attention to shit. Um, co- like, I know two people, one personally and one very that everyone knows, that got to where they were basically by copying their heroes. Mm-hmm. So... Um, our friend that we do we have on the podcast? Mina, we had Mina K on the podcast, Mina right? K, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mina K. She just would copy people, and she got really good at copying. And by co- and by copying them well, she was able to learn singing. That's basically how she learned singing as a kid. Yeah. And same thing, Paul McCartney did the same thing. Uh, he just like would listen to people and copy them. So Drums. get good at that. But I remember in my one of my first singing lessons, my singing teacher was like, "Okay, you're singing, right? Uh, or singing along with a song." And I'm like, "She's like, We're, okay, so you're singing, right?" And I'm like, "Yep." And you're listening to the person you're singing along with, right? Yep. She's like, "Can you listen to yourself more?" And I was like, "What? Like, just listen to yourself when you sing is actually a weird thing that I tr- that might help you become a better singer." Mm-hmm. But Nathan, wait, 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 I want to go back a little bit because I like that you were giving us a little demonstration. So, can you give us a little bit? You were talking about how if you got to a difficult part of the song, you would just practice it over and over again until you got yeah. it. Uh-huh. Okay, can you please give us an example of that using Minnie Ripperton's "Loving You"? So, loving you is easy because right. you're beautiful. And jump forward, jump forward, jump forward, jump forward. Okay, so far so good. So far so good. Nailing it. Okay. okay. That was awful. Do it again. No, so so the the I could just do. But pretty, it's actually a whole bad. octave higher. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. Do it again. Sounds a little flat to me. Do it again. It's an octave higher. Than Maybe that. if you got closer to the microphone. <laughs> It's a whole octave higher than that. I don't even... Like, my body is incapable of making those sounds. Maybe upon death, I, I will finally sing yeah. that note. Yeah. You're welcome, guys. Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think someone asked a question that I think I might be able to lend a little hand on. Go for it. Where is it? Insecurities and how to overcome it, asks Jacqueline Teo. Mm-hmm. How to get over insecurities and overcome it. Well, there's a lot of things, man. A lot of things is, ex- is just growing up. You just grow up and you get used to it. But I'm going to use this moment now to talk about the single most powerful thing with me. And it's simply performing. Like if you really... You know how people say that if you're scared of spiders, the thing you can do is just fucking... Become Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, that's if you're really lucky to get bit by the exact right spider. Or you could just hold the spider if you want to 
get over your arachnophobia. Mm. Performing is just that, man. Um, if you take improv classes, it's huge. Just the fact that you're getting up and signing up for the class at all is already a big step towards overcoming your insecurities, man. Because yeah. um, why are you insecure? You're insecure because you don't have life experience. You're insecure because you're in your head. Everyone's going through problems. Everyone's shit, so you shouldn't compare yourself to others. You are an awesome person. You are you, and you're going to be amazing. I have no doubt about it. So just get out there and share it with people. Yeah. Um, I wanted to bring that up because recently, and I'm, talk- I'm sure I'll talk about this more, is that recently I've taken to teaching improv. So if you want to take a class with me... <laughs> this is all a very uh, elaborate I mean, it was, it's a plug, <laughs> but it's a real thing. Go no, to no, no, the, yeah, for yeah, real, no, for but real. For real. Yeah, no. yeah. Uh, um, facetiousness aside, improv is by far the best way to become a better person in the easiest, shortest amount of time. Yeah. So go to the Improv Dome. If you're here in Singapore, go check out the Improv Company. I will put a link yeah. in the show notes. Check us out on Facebook. I am teaching a one-on-one class there. Hopefully, I'll be teaching more, yeah. and hopefully, you'll see me there. But it definitely, like, doing things like that, doing things that are Putting yourself out there and yeah. getting putting yourself out of your box, for sure. Think things that are out of your comfort zone. And don't think, like, you have to be a performer or no, an actor to, to, be, to go to attend this class. Not um, at all. Whoever you are that asks this question. You can be whoever and attend this. Like, yeah. the, the class is attended by, like, students, bankers, accountants. Yeah, exactly. Like, in mothers. my class alone, I had, like, I had a, yeah. uh, nine students... Uh, three of whom were like currently in university, but most of them were like, uh, trying to remember, one was a software engineer, one was in sales, one was wrote for a bridal magazine, yeah. from all walks of life who had similar stories to you. Yeah. They wanted to become better public speakers, they wanted to be more comfortable, they wanted to put themselves out there, so just do it. I mean, the same still kind of applies to me, like, I, 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 I have, like, terrible bouts of insecurity, mm-hmm. and like, I find that those things kind of melt away when I am expressing either after a, a performance and not because like people just clapped for me and like sure. and like exuded love towards me it's really just because like I felt confident in myself and I felt powerful in myself and I was able to like use my ability to create something and I feel like that ability and knowing that you even have that in you can do so much to just like Show you how crazy awesome you could be yeah. sometimes, and just and and unapologetically just accept that. Yeah, yeah. And like it's like, there's a really cheesy Tony Robbins thing that actually I think quite helps. Is you, it's he says you change your story, you change your life. Mm-hmm. You keep telling yourself you're insecure and you're worthless and you're, you have no confidence and people are better than you. That's that's going to be true. It's a self fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. But then you start noticing moments when you are truly proud of something you did yeah. or, or you feel good and you hang on to that and know that it's repeatable and you can do it again, then say that that's what's going to happen. Say, I'm feeling shitty about myself right now, but I know I can be better and just do it, man. You're great. I love You listen to this podcast. That's such a good start already. <laughs> Fucking hell. Like, Thanks, Jacqueline. Yeah. You are awesome. Self-love is a marathon though yeah it's 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 don't think it's something that you can achieve in just like that it's yeah but like we're, we're, know that everyone around you is looking for that as well but i mean yeah. friends family lovers brothers sisters like that stuff can always go away at the drop of the hat but you're always going to have you so learn to love yourself right yeah just use two fingers <laughs> Would you rather outlive, Nathan, would you rather outlive your soulmate or the other way around? Ooh. That's a good one. Thank you, Joyce. Um, Okay, let me think. If I were, like, to get married and all that, live up to the ripe old age of 
don't Someone know. also asked, when are you going to get married, by the way? I have no idea. What's <laughs> a good estimate for like how long I'm going to live? Um, the way you're living your life? Back problems, give or take a few years for that. Um, I'll minus off maybe like five years for you, you, all the fast food and chips I've eaten. Yeah, I think you can add some back because you don't drink. That is true. I'll add like a bonus like three. I mean, you least. text while you drive way more than I am comfortable with, so... <laughs> Oh man, what if that happens? Stop texting while you drive. That's a real thing, Nathan. We're taking a, <laughs> you guys, this is a moment. We're taking a moment. It's true. It's terrible. It's not a terrible habit. I know. I I, I I cut. I've cut down on it a lot. I've noticed that actually. But you have cut down. it's definitely a problem sometimes. Don't do it out there, you guys. Yeah. Also, um, I, I I give myself around like seventy three. Okay. Yeah. And what about your soulmate then? I I, I really think I would. Oh man, it's tough because on one hand, well, first of all, it's selfish to say that mm. like I want to die first because then I don't have to go through the grief. But on the other hand, you're leaving like somebody, like your soulmate, the person that you love, the person that you spent your entire life, like, like, just being with and being present with and loving, and to consciously, I mean, in this case, to consciously. <laughs> put all that grief on that person that seems like a sh- like a dick move so you want to take that on yourself you want them to die first dying is a bit of a dick move yeah it's Nathan's just gonna choke out his wife be like this is for me <laughs> this is for you this is for you it's not you it's me <laughs> the ultimate breakup choke out um, I have questions before I answer this question one how many soulmates do I get and two is this current soulmate that dies is she rich do I inherit it all? And if you die, will there be 72 soulmates waiting for you? <laughs> I, no, no. Um, no, I want to go out same time, man. Notebook style. Same time? Notebook style. Oh, spoiler alert. Jesus Christ. If you haven't watched The Notebook, then you're wrong. And <laughs> you should go watch it. Um, do you believe in soulmates? Um, uh, I believe in soulmates, but I believe in multiple soulmates. I think that like what that second thing you just said is the very agnostic approach to it. Yeah, I believe you you become I don't I feel like you can become soulmates too. It's yeah. like you work on it. Yeah. Like I believe in the I not say the the, the textbook definition of soulmate, mm-hmm. but I believe that somebody can become that in your life for sure. That is something that grows and nurtures. It's not necessarily like oh the perfect one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think great that's question. Kind of fairy tale. That's a great question, yeah. though. Thank you. Um, you want to go for a silly one again? Sure. Rachel asks, "How long have you been this podcast?" Oh, we have being with the with the with the stroke the chin emoji. We have we have being about ninety. This is ninety seven, right? Fuck yeah. Yes. Also, I love that Nathan also like legitimately trying to answer the question again. Yeah. This is episode 97. Uh, we took about a eight month eight month break um, in between and 97 episode uh, 95 episodes before that were roughly recorded over the span of a year and a half. So are you assuming yeah. she's saying how long have you been doing this podcast? I'm assuming how long have you been this pod how long have you been this podcast? I'm assuming she means how long have we been doing this podcast? Yeah, for 97 episodes. But if you want to answer this question literally, how, how long, long have how, how long me- you questioning measurement? Yeah, how long have you being? I mean, she's that we're the subject, we're the being, have we're human you beings. Being this podcast, how long have you being this podcast? 
how long have you being this podcast so like Stroke being this being emoji. being this podcast how long, long have you, you? <laughs> how long have you john look i i hate people who like you made a typo i'm gonna make a joke about it i hate that and here i am doing it to this lovely woman named rachel uh yeah we've been doing this podcast well, i don't know for two years yeah whatever nathan said um uh, on and off on but and off. like it was literally like on and then off and then now we're on it was like super on then it was super off and now we're back yes friends. okay another silly question another quick question yeah sure this is from anna she asked where is the best fried chicken you have ever tasted arnold's oh right ever tasted just in general um, Popeye's fried chicken when I was a child after church on Sundays was the best ooh. fried chicken I ever tasted in suburban Virginia. So good. Well, I mean, if we're going to go like childhood memories, I will always give those a bit of those like, you know, rose tinted Exactly. But that's part of it. Points. Like, it's like the whole thing is like, if you could, your death row, I'd be like, yo, give me some 1993 fried chicken. Yeah. Like my... Uh, Back when KFC was still called Kentucky Fried Chicken. Actually, yeah. Yeah. But it was still, we were Popeye's family all the way, son. Right. Um, Delicious. I remember 1995 or 6, my family ordered uh, KFC delivery and I experienced for the first time in my life chicken in a bucket. (laughs) I had never seen that before. Fried chicken was always something served at like wedding buffets. What? Or like it was fancy food. No, like wedding bank buffets, like you know, like or, or like just buffets in general. You know, okay, like okay. those like catering buffets and just have fried chicken. This is like so outside um, my experience because chicken in a bucket, that's or in a box, that's like that's standard to me. Yeah. So before that, it was always just like you know served in regular things. But then for the first time, we ordered uh, KFC delivery, and we had chicken in a bucket. It came in a bucket. And then uh, KFC, I don't know if they still do this, but back in 96, they used to have these things called uh, Crunch Bites. So you know the Nestle... Popcorn chicken? No, no, no. This is a dessert. So you know know the Nestle ice cream crunch? Yeah. It's like blue and then white and then there's a red text that says crunch. Yeah, it's like chocolate covered vanilla on a stick. So the actual chocolate bar is a chocolate, a, a straight up milk chocolate bar with, with puffed rice. rice. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what they had these crunch bites. Hey, when did that go away? It's still around. I haven't thought about that in ages. I haven't seen one in ages. It's, it's still, still around. A crunch it's bar, around. a Nestle yeah, yeah. crunch bar. Yeah, it's still around. Which is just flat chocolate with rice inside. Pretty much. Never seen it. Um, so so the KFC used to have this thing in '96 called Crunch Bites, and they were crunch, uh, like a crunch ball. Filled with vanilla ice cream. Damn, deep fried, cut, then battered. No, no, just straight up. Fried, it was just a battered dessert. With chicken skin. No, no, fried, no, just cold. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> but like those two things together, that was like my childhood. That was so <laughs> yummy, and that I remember that was like what kind of made me completely fall in love with KFC even though nice. I know sometimes it's trash nice. it's still like the one that I go back to locally at least but best fried chicken full stop Hattie B's in Nashville oh that's some that's hot fried chicken right yeah Hattie B's hot Nashville Nashville hot, what did they call it Hattie B's Nashville hot, hot chicken. chicken which is like super spicy chicken like I'm just yes. trying to remember the Bourdain episode where they talked about it for and Hattie B's is spelled if you want to google that if you're curious H-A-T-T-I-E and then the letter B and I had this like four or five years ago maybe even more in Nashville Tennessee uh, when I went on a trip there man that sounds with, delicious oh my god is it as spicy like, as they it is, like? it is, it kills you, yeah. Oh, it's gosh. like fried chicken that they, that the batter has like all the spices in it already. Mm-hmm. And then after they fry it, they 
dunk it, right? To dunk it again in chili oil. Yeah, right after the fry, and then they leave it out to dry, so like every everything gets to know each chili other. Oil. Yeah, and then after that, they 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 uh, pepper it, they powder it with like more chili, and it's served on a slice of white bread and some pickles. And That's it, it's it is delectable. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, that sounds good though. We could do a whole episode on fried chicken. <laughs> we really could. Uh, who who is it? Let's see. I'm trying to find this one question. Oh, this is from Sugarfly, another one of our old schoolers. Sugarfly, Sugarfly, seven nine. Yes, this Sugarfly, is... come come, my lady, you're my pretty baby, you make me go crazy. Harmonize it. Me go crazy. Come, my lady, Harmonize you're it. my pretty baby, you make. What was that song? You make. You're my Sugarfly. It's, that's just, it's just that for five minutes. I think so. Burn, burn. Come, my lady, come, come, my lady. You're my sugar fly. Sugar, honey. You're my pretty lady. You make me go crazy. crazy. We can also do that for ten minutes. Anyway, Sugarfly79 asks, uh, this is a question for John. Please share with me your recipe for mashed potatoes. Ooh. How do you know about my mashed potatoes? How do you know about your mashed potatoes? I've got two go-to recipes. You've been it's sneaking in his mashed potatoes. <laughs> I don't know measurements off the top of my head, but uh, uh, I'll share a link. Because one is straight up taken from allrecipes.com. I've adjusted it to my taste, and you can mess around with it. But I'll put it in the recipes. It's called Susie's Mashed Potatoes, I think it's called. Pretty straightforward. Uh, red potatoes, skin on. Boil it mm. till it's uh, fork tender, then mix it with butter and sour cream. Mm-hmm. Very simple and salt and pepper, of course. Very simple, very delicious. Now there is a chef named something Frenchy something something, who said specific cool, <laughs> <laughs> slightly racist. <laughs> what's his name? No wait, what's the guy at Marina at uh, Resorts World? Uh, Daniel Boulud. No, that's that's Marina Bay. Oh, sorry, Resort World. Uh, Robuchon. Uh, Robuchon. Joel, Joel Robuchon. Robuchon. I think it's his mashed potato recipe, which is basically <laughs> equal weight potato to butter. That's not right. It's pretty close to equal weights potato to butter. Like, I'm positive it tastes just fine. It tastes wonderful. It's more so like, what's the trade-off like, there? Like, put, like, okay, so boil the potatoes, skin on. Okay, no, no. Oh, this is key. Actually, this is key. This is a fucking life hack right here. This is important. Whenever you're going to boil potatoes, specifically for mash, or especially for mashed potatoes, you want to put the potatoes in the pot with cold water. Mm-hmm. Okay, you don't want to boil the water first. You it do not want to boil the, the water first. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't cook through. I don't know what it does, but it doesn't cook it properly. Yeah. So you bring it up to temp, and it, I tell you, it makes a world difference to the texture yeah. of your potatoes. Anyway, so yeah, I think it's Robuchon or Blumenthal or one of those fucking crazy French people. Yeah. Uh, basically, okay, I think it's like maybe not equal weight, but like pretty close to like. Pretty close. That's like still too much. That's so still a, too much. If you have a pound of potatoes, you want to have half a pound of butter. That's, Look, that's illogical. If you want to make really good mashed potatoes, you put more butter than you think is fucking good. You like, um, would I give my, my father with a weak heart this mashed potatoes? When you start asking those questions, you're making your potatoes right. <laughs> so that's how you do it. Mashed potatoes, best fucking dish in the world. Yeah. Don't forget right. to chop some chives on that. Son of a bitch. Oh, chives yeah. are good. And, and they're not just for, chives are not just for, um, like color, they have a nice herbaceous, yeah. like freshness that that combats yeah. almost in the, almost like an acidic element. Oh, and can I just add a little bonus tip? Do it. Um, Everyone loves a bonus tip. Oh, I, 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 I love giving that bonus tip. Everyone likes the bonus tip. Um, try replacing potatoes with something else, something interesting. Like there's tons of different kinds of mash. So like, um, I recently apples. <laughs> yes, oranges, <laughs> celery. Um, I recently had Jerusalem artichoke mash. What the fuck? 
it was phantasmic. Is a Jerusalem artichoke similar to just a regular, like a, a regular? A artichoke Jerusalem artichoke looks a bit like, um, but with like a, a giant nose. piece of ginger, but with a, almost. But with a bigger nose. <laughs> yes. With curly hair on yeah. the side. Yes, it was. God, a- that's terrible. I wish I just said curly hair on the side instead of the nose thing. I'm so sorry to our Jewish listener. <laughs> Where's a hat? Um, <gasps> no, no. Uh, a Jerusalem artichoke. A Jerusalem Jerusalem artichoke. artichoke. There's another name for it. I can't remember what it is. But they look like gigantic ginger roots, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, replaces of any other kind of like... Um, what, what do you call things like that? Root, root vegetables. vegetables. Yeah. Parsnip so, puree. Parsnip. Parsnips are good. Celery root. Yeah, you were into celery act for a while. Was it celery Cel- that you were, I, you were I, trying I, to recreate? I still am in it. I I, I will never yeah, leave the celery fun. the celery act train. Um, Jerusalem artichoke. Like try those things if you ever if you if you happen to be making it for like a small group of friends or your family and you want them to like be a little bit like oh what's this oh, what's fancy? this fancy, fancy. Oh, what's this because you know mashed potatoes they're always good uh, let me have a look at your pants they're fancy mm-hmm. but like um yeah like change things up a little bit similar recipe just replace the potato with something else because all these root vegetables they tend to cook about the same anyway all right yeah um shall we do a little speed round nathan mm, yes. all right let's put the oh we can't add the... like one more bonus tip about just about the mashed potatoes thought the mashed potato question would have been like the real star <laughs> of this episode oh uh, my tip is sweet potato mash is fucking delicious that is true super underrated sweet potato mash that nice, is true like really really orange one honey sweet potatoes Get it. but yes. i will say this is gonna go on for too long but i will say that um mashed potatoes can often be superior to french fries. Okay. But hot take. But sweet potato mash is very seldomly superior to sweet potato fries. You mean comparing sweet potato mash to sweet potato fries? Yes. You're yeah. saying that sweet potato fries are awesome. They're usually a lot better than sweet potato mash. Ooh, I don't know if I b- believe that. I don't yeah. know if I agree. Yeah. I really like sweet potato mash. This is where we divide. Hot take. This is it. This is the end of the podcast. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> um, but yeah, I forgot what my other tip was, so never mind. Move on. Oh, great. Okay, yeah. speed round. Ready? Yep. Uh, let's say that all these questions are for Nathan. Uh, may I have your number? Yeah, he gave it already. Hi. Uh, what's up, man? What is this? Um, it's a podcast, and... Oh, yeah, because I... <laughs> uh, for, for, for more context... I, speed round! Ah, um, this is a podcast. <laughs> Salamat siang, Nathan. So, it's nighttime, but salamat siang to you too. Why do you take part in Sing China? Because I, 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 I craved the attention. Are you straight? <laughs> sure. Okay, great. Good job. Speed round over. Speed round over. Cool. Thanks, guys. Um, so, for more context, these questions were uh, requested from through my Instagram page. Um, Good Hang Podcast has one as well, but we literally haven't posted in like years. I'm gonna post one in like five minutes. Yes. Okay. Uh, here's a. Uh, who? Here's a good one. Have y'all confessed to a crush before? How did it go? Let's let's do back to back romancy questions. Ooh. So crush, the beginning of a relationship. I have. Oh yeah, I'm sure you have. This is like a genuinely difficult question for me because I to I'm, remember or to to talk about. No, to actually like think if I have confessed. All right, well, you think over there. Uh, I've done it multiple times in my life because I'm a real fucking romantic asshole. Um, I think I'm getting to the place where I'm having more hits than not hits. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but yeah, man. That means you know how to pick them. I'm getting, yeah. Um, yeah, man. Especially if you're a teenager. 
Just shut up, Nathan. Wait, wait, sorry. <laughs> shut up. Fuck you. No, it's easy if they're a teenager. I pick them up very easily. No, I want to say is if you are a teenager, confessing... Shut the fuck up, you perv. If you are a younger person, confessing your love, your crush to a crush is one of the most difficult things you're ever going to do. But let me tell you, you take it takes a lot of courage. It's going to hurt like hell when they eventually stomp on your heart. Oh, yeah. But you grow from it. Like, I swear to God, I, I'm like Nathan. I remember every time I confessed my, my affection for someone. And a lot of times, especially when I was a young, uh, foolish, undateable fool, it really didn't go well. Yeah. <laughs> and it really hurt. But eventually, it didn't. But, like, because it's all worth it for... Yeah. It's all worth it for the times when it when it works out, where they feel the same way. Here's the difference, though. No longer will I ever conf- like confess my feelings to a crush out of the blue. Yeah. I'm not gonna be like, hey, because that's also that's also part of like young love and like being in high school. Yeah, no, no, no. What up. I'm saying is that like, hey, person who doesn't really know me, who I haven't uh, really spent quality time yeah, with, yeah, yeah. who I've enjoyed from afar, who I think is attractive. You want? You want? You do you like mini golf? Like I wouldn't do that like anymore. That's not a thing. Like I mean, I, I think that is. Um... That's acceptable at a much younger age. Yeah, exactly. I think anything past, like, what's a reasonable like, amount? 15, 16? I'd say 12, 11, really. Yeah? Beyond that, you should be knowing how to pick up... <laughs> pick up I think sexual you're, cues. I, and... I think you're expecting a lot from the youth uh, of our nation. I would say, like, around 15, 16, that's when you should start, like, trying to spend time with the people that you might have crushes on. Okay. Like, no, nah, that's still too... I think that's still, still too, too late. Young. Too, too young? I mean, that's when you can start thinking about it. Okay, but what's the difference between... And then I'm making some assumptions here. Yeah. But I'm assuming you've got a crush in a person... Okay, you're either, okay. Whoever's listening out there, I'm sure this applies to someone that you have a crush on someone and they don't know you exist and they don't really know you or they haven't got a chance to know you. Like, I don't, I don't want to like to say that's not real, but that's that's not real. Like, mm-hmm. you can't fall in love in a vacuum. You mm-hmm. have to learn to love each. They have to learn to know you, and you have to know them more importantly mm-hmm. before you can really develop true, real feelings that can flourish into a beautiful romance. Yeah. That was so gay. <laughs> So the reason why it took me so long to answer the question is because I, I genuinely can't remember if I've actually confessed to, like, a crush. Mm. Like, the times where, like, I engaged in that conversation with somebody and it led to something else, it was, like, man. Okay, I guess I can more readily speak from the point of regret. Mm-hmm. I think I have lived out that moment of regret so many times in my life of not confessing, mm. of not saying something to somebody that mm-hmm. I have feelings for that I know for a fact, I know for a absolute fact that if you are considering reaching out to that person that you have a crush on, somebody that you like, somebody that you might even love and, and you haven't told, um, do it. Yeah. Do it. I was gonna say all the things I said. Do I, it, I, I was kind of like re-listening back in my head to all the shit I said right now, and I'm thinking being a little harsh. Yeah. I think I was talking to young me more. Yeah. One of the, maybe so so maybe they don't know who you are, and you I was talking to me. I was talking to young me. But here's this: if you are then, if you do, if you are close to someone, mm. and you have a real connection, and that goes to a romance to, on your side, maybe they feel it too. So maybe you owe it to yourself, and you owe it to them to like. Try stuff. Yeah. But I will also say that, like, when you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, you could be, your ego could begin your way saying, like, oh, there's no way they could like me back. But, like, yeah. put yourself out there. Don't be like me. <laughs> yeah, don't be, no, seriously. Don't be, it's, 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 I know it's scary, and I just chose the easy way out to not do anything. 
And like, I know for a fact that if I had done something, anything at all, be it confess the love, start a conversation about it, suggest it, I don't know. Like, I know for a fact that I would have had a much more interesting experience rather than just like ignoring it or letting it die out or wait till school holidays come around and I don't see them for a month. <laughs> Yep. It, it's 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 not it's not the it's yeah do something about it um be bold that's what i was telling my improv class be bold like a dorito like you're never going to be like it's exactly like nathan said there's the regrets are always sound like that i wish i had done that no very rarely you can be like oh i wish i didn't do that yeah like even like my biggest like really like oh man i feel like a real fucking idiot asking this girl out after science class in 7th grade and her saying no like Looking back on it, I'm glad I did it. Mm-hmm. It like it was like showed me that you know that's not how you do it. Um, here is a question from uh, from the other end. Let's see where I can find that. Where can I find that? So many submissions. Okay, one more. So that was uh, the beginning of a possible relationship. Let's look at the end. Okay, this one. <laughs> this one will keep that just an- like this one will keep anonymous. Um, how do you comfort a friend who has just broken up? I legit need this advice right now. Haha, <laughs> it's my first time in the in the in, situation. In the situation. Would... It, it gets cut off. Um, that's weird, right? It gets it just gets cut I, off. I can't click on it. That's yeah. weird. Okay, okay. You know who you are. Uh, so if you want to send us a longer message. This is so frustrating. Okay, if you want to send us a longer message detailing the details, uh, please feel free to do that at Good Hang or contact, yeah, Good Hang. Contact at Good Hang. Yeah. Oh yeah. Email, email us or or you send us a DM on Insta. Anyway, how do you comfort a friend who has just broken up? We're gonna treat you as a friend. Mm-hmm. <sighs> or I guess maybe they're asking advice. Either way, <laughs> yeah. Give them this advice, or here's some advice for you. It's gonna freaking hurt. Okay. Allow yourself to feel that hurt and allow yourself to be just to follow your instincts for a second. So what my point is, is if you feel like yelling and screaming and punching something, as long as you keep yourself safe, as long as you're not doing harm to anyone, do it and do it guilt free. You feel like eating a pint of ice cream. You feel like eating a usually a fried chicken drumstick as a way to scoop up ice cream in your mouth. You do it for a little while. Give yourself a couple days to like fully wallow in your grief because it's real. Like they say that like when you when you're dealing with the death of someone, you go through the five stages of grief. When you get break up a relationship, it's the same thing. You're grieving over a relationship. They're no longer gonna be there. You're gonna feel regret. You're gonna want to bargain. You're gonna want to feel anger, hate, acceptance, all that stuff. It's real. Mm-hmm. Deal with it, and you're gonna be better when you're done with it. Mm-hmm. Another thing I want to give another piece of valuable advice someone ever get, once gave me is that when you go to sleep at night and the thoughts come, they're going to come. What you want to do is let it, don't fight it, except, oh, kind of, it's the same piece of advice, really. Mm-hmm. You let the, you can let the thought come, you live in it, and then you just let it go. You have to, it's good to use visualization. So what my friend said was like, imagine that your thought is a piece of paper and you're reading it and then you're putting it into a filing cabinet and you're never going to look at the cabinet again. Turn it off. Like a light switch. Mm-hmm. What about you, Nathan? Any advice for a um, breakup, a friend? Well, okay, I'm, I'm going to go from the, the zoomed up perspective of if you are a friend of someone who's going through a breakup. Um, I mean, the cliche thing to say is be there for them, but really, like, actively be there for them. Yeah. Like, don't just be there for them when they call you, because I think when people go through something like that, maybe some people will be more, like, clingy and reach out to others, but I think a lot of, majority of people here um, would 
rather like close off into a box and like shut themselves out to the world that's true and I think as a friend it is your responsibility to seek them out and to actively try to be there for them whether they want it or not and not even to talk about the breakup not even to like you know get all deep and soppy whoppy and all that just, just be, be a pal be a pal grab a meal go watch a movie do things a, that, that you usually do yeah well there's a big hole in their person their person's life right now exactly. not, not even that and even not that big a deal there's a big hole in their schedule yeah there's a big <laughs> the routine they're, they're, they're a lot more free yeah but also you need to let them know that like life still goes on yeah life is still waiting for you outside of this bubble of, rela- of a relationship or life is still waiting for you outside of the relationship your friends are still here movies still exist and you can enjoy them just as much food still tastes just as good and then you know when you think the time is right or if you think you know maybe like like a week has passed slip in a question ask about it yeah and if they break down like they probably want to talk about be it be with them yeah no like I think anyone going through that kind of thing they're dying to talk about it it's just that in the first few days especially the first week or something there's just this like very strong desire to be alone yeah well it depends it, it depends cause like I'm different like for me when I break up I immediately want to talk about it with friends I'm like oh god uh, I'll be out of this hellhole right. so you, you just be there for whatever they need yeah I think I'm talking to, from the perspective of someone who would be like very like Closed off. Yeah, very close. Well, that's off. what I'm saying. This. So whoever sent this in, send us more details. We would send like to hear more. more. Deets, yeah. uh, because at the end of the day, but I think your point kind of stands. It's yeah. like they're going to feel one way for a while, and then eventually there's going to be a change. Yeah. There's going to be. They're either going to want to talk about it all the time, and yeah. then eventually they're going to ready to move on and talk about other things, mm-hmm. or they're not going to want to talk about it. And eventually they're going to want to talk about it. Either way, be attentive. Listen. Yeah. Be a As good a friend. friend, actively make an effort to try to be there for them. Like make the time in your schedule it might sound a bit weird but it's your job as a friend like to do these things like find the time make it in your schedule to like be there for them and just like like mother hen them a little bit nurse them a little bit yeah because one day you're gonna go through that same shit and you're gonna wish someone was there to be there (laughs) for you even though you're never gonna want to ask for it because you you just want to be miserable yeah yeah good luck uh that's deep you want to go for another silly one here we go sure do you know the English editing passage, whether the passage is past tense or present tense? Wait, what, 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 what? No, you heard me, motherfucker. <laughs> Do you know whether the English editing passage is past tense? What? How did you, how did you fuck that up so bad? Listen carefully, okay. goddammit. Nathan, do you know the English editing passage, whether the passage is past tense or present tense? I'm so sorry, guys. I mean, it's a little bit late. Nathan's kind of tired, so... Nathan, do you know the English editing passage, whether that passage is past tense or present tense? It's a yes or no question. Present tense? Because editing is present tense? And then I'm going to say no. I just... <laughs> what do you want to read? Do you wanna, what do you is try? this question? <laughs> do you want to try? What is this question? Do you know the English editing passage, whether the passage... Is past tense or present tense? Okay, I'm I'm gonna say that the word editing is key here because it's, it's autocorrect. It's the, I, I mean, I can't imagine what it's autocorrecting too. Do also, like, if image. you're going to type a question editing to like passage. an account, the passage, check your damn spelling. <laughs> Someone else is gonna read that shit. <laughs> past tense walked. Present tense walking. Right? Do you know the English editing? I'm over this question. Move on. Okay. <laughs> it was silly. Um, 
Oh, I got a good one. I, I want to ask this one. Uh, Nathan, can you win at Claw Machines? This is from Salt and Vinegar. Ooh. No is the I, fucking answer. I, I, Don't I try. Just buy the thing. Yeah. Well. Though I will say I've probably won maybe once or twice in my life, and every time I won, it was glorious. It really depends on the kind of place you go to. Okay. For those of you that don't know, claw machines are those things that you go to an arcade. The UFOs. There's a claw and like you move a joystick and it drops down. And yeah, it could be the UFOs from like Toy Story. That's what yeah. they are. It's, and then, But it never fucking works, man. It never works. I think Especially it, it, there's like these there's these weird claw machines where like you can grab an iPad. No, you can't. It really depends on where you play. I, I, I truly believe it depends on where you play. Because it's very site specific. If you go to a video game arcade... Where like the, the 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 UFO catchers make up like a decent amount of what's going on, and then the other half is like racing games and then cabinet games. Uh-huh. Those are like a difficulty level of like eight, okay, or, or ten on the scale of one to ten. As opposed to as opposed to an arcade where they have nothing but those UFO catchers. Right. Yeah. Right. Because they're in the business of nothing but that, so those claws tend to grab a little bit tighter the positioning and the placement tends to be a little bit more lenient. Whereas in an arcade, where that thing is kind of just on the side over there, at least this is what I've noticed, mm. the placement is always a little bit tougher, the claws are always kind of weak. Uh, because, I think they're all a scam. Yeah. They're illegal and they're basically child... child whatever. Child like, labor? How is it child, child labor? No, they're, 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 it's, it's fucking gambling for children. Is what right. It is. Well, okay. Like... I have a slight weakness for UFO catchers in the sense that, like, I can walk past one, but the moment I engage in it, like, You're I'm stuck I'm, there I'm until hooked. you win something. I am hooked. You're clawed and, like, in. Um, I went to one of those in China, like the ones where, like, it's a it's an arcade, but there's nothing but UFO catchers, and like, I think it's. It, it has to be a fact that like those claws just grip harder because I caught like seven toys in one in, but mm. and I only used like, to be fair, I used like. 30 to 40 bucks which is way too much money and I didn't even need those toys right but still alright good question good question good yeah. question I like that question that's the kind of question I like to be honest yeah. let's, let's wrap it up I think we've gone yeah. like a solid we've definitely gone a lot longer than we expected we were going yeah I mean I, let's tell you what I'm, there's a couple more that are really good here but I'll save them yeah because there's some really good juicy ones that we didn't get to so sorry if we didn't get to it now yeah. we'll save it for maybe next week yeah but I want to end on this one this is from Tabby uh, what advice would you give a 16 year old Mm. What advice would I give a 16-year-old? Um, man, that is tough. Yeah. Um, this is this question has been on my mind recently because... Um... <laughs> There's so much I want to tell 16-year-old me, but it's, at the same time, it's like, if I told you all this, you would not have gone through the journey that's made you who you are today. That's a good but point. But then again, today, I do see myself as quite a bit of a mess. So I'm sure there's some things I would like to fix. I just can't quite pinpoint that's them funny. right now because I'm going through those problems as we speak. Right. Well, fuck. Okay, while you're thinking about your answer, um, I actually, this question has been on my mind recently because, here's another plug for you, Nathan, is that I'm doing a play at the at, with Toy Factory next month. Me, me, me. I'll put some invites if you guys want to come. But I got an interview by Buck Tour Me Boy. Yeah. And he asked that question to me, like, what advice would you give to a younger me? Yeah. And I was like, hmm. And the main thing I could think of, well, the main thing, and you'll read this in the interview, guys, is that I was like, if I could go back in time and give 16-year-old me some advice, it would be to buy Bitcoin. 
Do you right, know how rich right, you would be right, if right. you could fucking so you're buy Bitcoin? Being very like practically realist, like in dude. Terms of, it yeah. used to be a cent. Yeah. Now it's four thousand dollars for a Bitcoin. Did I ever tell you that I tried to buy Bitcoin once? What What happened? Why did you wear? What happened? How How much was it at the time? Um, it was cheap. This was like six six years ago. Like I was in Boston. It at could the have time. been like tens of dollars. Yeah, which is still no, no, no. Like... It was super cheap because like I was in Boston at the time, and then I saw that this thing was coming up, and then I was like, oh, this is like I'm I'm curious. And, um, like, I I attempted to just, like, see what it was like to buy Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And I tried to do it, but what was the thing that stopped me? Laziness. No, 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 no. Like, I, acted, I actually, like, went to as far as, like, putting in your credit card details and everything. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, but something stopped me. It was, like, a technicality thing. Like, my, 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 uh, what was it? I can't remember, but it was something to do, like, with the technical. That sucks, dude. Were yeah. you, how many Bitcoin were you going to buy? Like, one? Or like more what than was it? What was it? Oh, I remember now, and like I kind of hate myself I'm just for remembering. Curious. Roughly, what year was this, Nathan? This was in two thousand and late twenty thirteen. I was gonna buy some Bitcoin. How, I only roughly had, how many were you gonna buy? I don't know. I can't really say. I just want. I, I think I, I was gonna buy like ten. Or say you were gonna buy like ten yeah. in twenty thirteen, right? Yeah. Okay. Keep talking. Keep talking. Yeah. So I'll look up how much. You I think yourself. what eventually happened. Was it, you know, whatever, no regrets. I think what happened was I tried to buy it with my Singapore credit card. Oh, you needed an American one? I needed an American credit card and I didn't have one at the time. And, uh, yeah, it was as simple as that. And I was like, well, dang, nabbit. And I I gave up from there. Because it was was really like a whim. Like, I read about it and I was like, oh, I wonder what it's like to buy it. And then I saw it and I was like, oh, it's not that expensive. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Couldn't get it. Wrong credit card, wrong country. Because I was in U.S. at the time, but I still mm-hmm. didn't get my U.S. bank card. And I used my, uh, from a U.S. computer, uh, U.S. internet, I tried to use my Singapore card, and they're like, nah, dude. So, yeah, I didn't get Bitcoin. Motherfucker. Nathan, so, say you have, you have no idea what month, because there was quite a lot of volatility in 2013. No idea. Say you bought it, okay, we'll go right down the middle. Say you were in, it was June in 2013. And it probably wasn't 10, it was probably going to be like 5 or something. Okay, Bitcoin. say you were going to buy 5 Bitcoin. Yeah. You would have spent $500. Mm-hmm. But now, <laughs> those five Bitcoin that you spent five hundred dollars would it cost? Would give you thirty thousand dollars? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think all of this is a perfect analogy to say that there's just some things that you're not gonna know. Yeah, and who knows? Bitcoin could crash tomorrow. Bitcoin yeah, is fucking weird. There's some things that you just wouldn't know. So like the same way how like I was afraid to tell their sixteen year old me anything because like. Why some Bitcoin? If you don't go through that experience, you really, really never know. There's just some things that you will never know. No. Okay, but this is a hypothetical talking to ourselves. But what do we talk? What do we give a sixteen right now? Um, it's also in my interview that I'm talking about. But it's very simple. It's kind of like kind of wanky, but I'm just gonna say it. It's it's to uh, laugh, laugh more and love freely. Mm. Laugh as much as you can and love as much as you can because those are the two things you'll never regret. Yeah. In the long run. If I could tell a 16-year-old me anything, I would say, yeah, pretty much that spot on. Just be more open with your heart. Yeah. I think um, this is me speaking personally. Like, I think growing up, I was not very openly affectionate or openly emotional in any way. Like, well, you're a fat kid, so. Like, I was just very, like, I had a lot of guards up. <laughs> I sure. Think. I had a lot sure. of guards. Up I think that's very common. And like, I had a lot of just like, 
emotional distance, even with my with my friends, because I just never found how I just never really found out how to exist in that space. I mm. guess. Well, it's and uncomfortable. Just, it's uncomfortable for guys, right? Yeah, and to and like you live. Have a, you have an older brother. It's yeah, like, exactly. You know, and middle kid and all that. I don't know. I I don't know like how much of I can't really trace back where in the psychology and family history and all that stuff and my my upbringing yeah. created that. I just know for a fact that like I just wasn't very openly emotional I didn't have a very open heart at the yeah. time and like I find myself kicking myself for that now that I'm older and seeing how those bad habits have formed or just not bad habits but like just how it has um, affected my uh general outlook and sure. my general being and how I behave around people and how I can sometimes still go back into a shell yeah. and like if I could tell 16 year old me anything it's just like yeah exactly what you just said John like yeah. laugh more and love more yeah. freely and that, and that you, you apply that across the board and it really helps like learn to appreciate your parents more learn yeah. to not take yourself so seriously yeah. it's a pretty good philosophy if you ask me and I coined it so Ask me and I will tell you that it is. Sure. <laughs> but hey, that's a really cool place to leave it, I think, Nathan. Uh, this was a really fun episode to record. I'm glad yeah, we did it. Thank you very much. I'm pretty glad we did it. We had really good Wagyu tonight, but I think this was even better. Yeah. Oh, the. Hi, guys. Hey, Quartet's back. Wake up. <laughs> They've been sleeping in the back seat. So, yeah. Um, thank you guys very much for listening. Thank you guys so much for subscribing to this show and, you know, being a part of this crazy journey. Uh, thank you for submitting your questions. They're always welcome. Super appreciated. Um, uh, and you guys, thanks for the hang. Thanks for the... We just have to fucking say it together, I like dude. like pe- when people say things together. I know, but then it's... It's like weird. a real Singaporean thing and I fucking hate it. Okay, but then like, how's it going to work? Are you always going to say it or do I say it? Do we alternate or is it kind of just we like... just go with what's first come, natural. First serve? Maybe it's natural to do it together, but oftentimes is it, it feels natural in the moment. Is it going to have to be a competition every episode then? Like whoever gets to it first? But like who's the winner? Like is, are you the winner just because you got to say it? I feel like the listener's the winner because they're being thanked for the hang. I think we should just be like consistent across the board and, okay. and, and have it be one thing. That way there's familiarity. Okay, great. That then way it always I would say ends. our one thing is to never say it in sync because I fucking hate that. Okay, fine. Let's say it in syncopation then. Okay, ready. And thanks for thanks the Thanks for hang. the hang. See, that's even that's already better. <laughs> That's great. Now let's do it back to back to. Uh, I'll do one, then you do one. Ready? Okay. Thanks for the hang. Hang for the thanks. All right, great. Now let's do it as if we're Forrest Gump. Okay. Thanks for the hang. Boy. <laughs> Have a good day, y'all. <laughs>